0: We are live. Welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update. My name is Jim Mackey. I'll be your host today. I'm with the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, and I'm joined today by John De Brule, head athletic trainer at Riverside High School here in Jacksonville, Florida. Today, we're preparing our middle school parents, coaches, administrators, and students by discussing some important safety information related to cardiac issues in sports. So welcome, John. Give us a little bit of the why uh, we're dealing with uh, sudden cardiac arrest, because these things are not just for old, out-of-shape people, but they uh, give us cause for concern in athletics today. Right,
1: definitely a cause for concern, uh, because sudden cardiac arrest, leads cause of death in athletes across the nation. Um, and it happens without warning. Uh, every athletic trainer I've talked with, heard talk about cardiac arrest, dealing with it. All their stories start out the same as, Oh, it w- it was a day like any other day until this happened. Uh, and that's why it's so important to plan because it, is, it essentially happens when you least expect it. Uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And, Unfortunately, because the stakes are so high, it can end with, you know, loss of life. Uh, It's just very important to talk about this topic, ways to prevent it, knowing why it happens, having preventative measures in place uh, like AEDs, uh, being CPR certified. If they're instituted early, increases survivability. Absolutely. Uh, That being said, each minute that goes by somebody who's experiencing sudden cardiac arrest, each minute is basically 10% off their survivability.
0: Exactly. And you mentioned the AEDs, which are a very essential uh, part of what we're going to talk about today. Since uh, sudden cardiac arrest is a leading cause of death, uh, does happen without warning, uh, we need to have early access to those AEDs. So we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about them at this time. Uh, what are they? Why are they important? Uh, one of my, if I can share a quick story, uh, I had a athletic coach uh, literally drop dead uh, uh, as he crossed the goal line after a game, and um, the AED. Uh, this was in the days where we were just beginning to get AEDs out in the out in the schools. I was at a visiting situation, and the scariest thing was seeing the ambulance drive off uh, with the only accessible AED at the time. So if you ever have an ambulance at your venue, make sure it stays around a few minutes after the game. But um, the AED now is, is readily accessible, they're more prevalent, they're in all our schools, high school, middle school, even elementary schools. So tell us a little bit more about what they are and, and why they're so important. Sure, uh, AED,
1: automated external defibrillator, uh, very important to know their location. Uh, I know the slide says one to three minutes or less to access, but honestly, it should be one to two uh, just because uh, it's not really a case where the minutes matter, but the seconds matter. And you really can't wait too long to implement use of an AED if you need it. Um, They require maintenance, too, every month. Um, I have to check batteries and pads. Uh, DCPS has done a real good job with uh, replacing them uh, in a timely manner. Uh, so I'll send a list or I'll make a list and send it off to DCPS and they'll just take care of it. Um, how you check it, you just open it up, let it talk to you, make sure it's working. You look at the battery level and you check the expiration date on the pads and then you can kind of write it down, make your own list, uh, and send
0: it off to whoever replaces that. And it's Uh, a good thing to have that documentation available. Uh, so that you are reminded uh, to do that regularly and that uh, should a crisis situation ever come up, you're properly prepared.
1: Right. And there's kind of this stigma around like AEDs. People see them, they get kind of scared or freaked out. They're like, whoa, that's an AED. And we can go back to, you know, initial use of AEDs and implementing them. I don't know if you remember Hank Gathers was that basketball player with the enlarged Heart at Loyola Marymount. He ended up uh, dropping down on the basketball court. Well, he had a known cardiac issue, so they had an AED there, but this was like the 90s, so they weren't commonplace. Uh, so they they really didn't get to use it in a timely manner like they needed to. Uh, I th- I think what essentially happened is they waited too long, and unfortunately, he lost his life as a result.
0: Right. And, you know... When you when you use an AED, you're going to expose and remove, so you want part of your uh, people there to block the view or put a towel up or something like that. I think that's another reason and that people, they didn't, because,
1: again, back in the 90s, it wasn't commonplace. So they are like, oh, we use this in front of a crowd of people. It was a crowded gym
0: right. for a and college so. basketball game. So it was like 10 minutes later before they got him out in the, uh, in the foyer where they actually put the AED on, and uh, by then it was 10 to – 10 to 15 minutes too late. So it's it was a tragic situation, but a, obviously a great learning point in that. And so make sure you have your AAD, have it accessible, indoor, outdoor sports, have it available at practices, uh, as well as um, any competitions, because they're practicing a whole lot more than they are involved in games and, and that. So let's talk a little bit about CPR training, which is available here at the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. And I believe we have 100% uh, compliance with all our coaches in Duval County. But the issue is to make sure your CPR skills are up to date and your card is up to date and that um, uh, you are, are ready to go should something happen. Uh, again, you don't want to uh, have an outdated card uh, should something happen and that but uh, practice your skills, and John's going to talk a little bit about that. I would just add, watch a lot of different videos during the year. There are some humorous ones as well as some very serious ones uh, that, that remind you that uh, bring it back to life uh, as to what uh, the importance of CPR training and use of an AED is all about.
1: Right, so basics on CPR training. So updates and recertification every two years. DCPS requires their own stuff from middle school people that aren't regulated by the FHSAA. So DCPS uh, does a good job of kind of providing those resources. Uh, JSMP does a great job in offering the service to coaches, uh, both the high school and middle school level to get recertified, to come do the the written exam and then the practical portion. Again, it's important. Everybody does their chest compressions for this for essentially a decade now. Everybody is staying alive, go to the beat of staying alive, doing the compressions. There's another song you can do compressions to because it has the same beats per minute. Baby Shark. I don't do that, but apparently, you know, if you know the song, it's been beaten into our heads for the past two years. You gotta watch the videos annually. Uh, that's just uh, basic requirements. You need to have a plan in place to make sure all your coaches are CPR certified. Again, you—I mean, you already touched on it, but you can't have a serious medical emergency happen and then it comes out later that. Oh, you had people involved that weren't certified, that weren't prepared to handle this. And honestly, if I'm faced with a serious medical situation that involves coaches or I need their help doing something, I can't risk having people who aren't prepared because the stakes are so high. You know, I want to give my student athletes, if I have them in a serious medical situation, the best chance of survivability. Hundred uh, percent. When do you perform CPR? Uh, Not breathing, unresponsive to stimulus. And kind of what that means is you're trying to talk to them. They're not responding. You try to incite pain, pinch them, not responding. Um, Another symptom or sign is uh, what you call agonal breathing, uh, which is the short, quick kind of gasp for air. Um, It could also be a sign of a seizure, which seizures... And cardiac arrest kind of go hand in hand uh, with uh, in terms of how they present. So the important thing is not to mistake like sudden cardiac, re- sudden cardiac arrest for a seizure and vice versa, but sudden cardiac arrest can cause seizures. So it's different from somebody who has epilepsy or some other kind of seizure disorder. And that just goes back to, you know, having a proper pre-participation examination, having a good physical every year. That's how you find out about, Oh, if somebody has epilepsy or somebody has red flags for sudden cardiac arrest, those red flag questions, they're like, Oh, have you had a family member suddenly die of sudden cardiac arrest before the age of 50? I mean, that's the big one. Uh, and then other questions that are like, Oh, you have chest pain when exercising. Can you not keep up with your friends when playing? Uh, chronic chest pain, stuff like that. JSMP did a great job with their their uh, pre-screening program. Uh, we had it at the hospital a few times. Uh, we definitely found a bunch of red flags from that, pre- definitely prevented uh, sudden cardiac arrest in athletes because you find these red flags, you get them referred to cardiology,
0: you get the scans, you get the EKGs, you get the echoes, and you prevent something really terrible from happening. Excellent points there. So we, we really encourage everybody to get an annual physical. And again, if you do have a family history of, of heart cardiac conditions that you have them looked at by a specialist as, as necessary. One, one thing to go back to the AD for just a second is that uh, you're never going to go wrong if you just go ahead and apply the pads and let it walk through its, walk through its protocol. Because if you, if it will not shock unless there's a shockable rhythm to be shocked. So you're not going to shock that person unless the machine wants you to do that In right. that. So uh, you're never going to go wrong if, if they're not breathing and they're unresponsive. Put the pads on, apply the pads properly, just as they're directed on the, uh, on the uh, pads themselves. Place them in the right spot. Let them evaluate, uh, analyze rhythm and don't be touching the patient. Let it do its thing. If it needs to shock them, it will shock them. And then after that, begin uh, with your compressions again. You so that,
1: that just goes back to good training and keeping it up every two years. Honestly, I feel like once you've done it at least twice, you get the hang of it, and you kind of know what to expect. You know where to place the pads, even though they're, you know directions are on there, and it'll tell you exactly what to do. But once you do it a few times, I mean, you, you'll get the hang of it. Like, oh, I've done this before. You go through your steps, put the pads on. It says... Oh, clear. You don't touch the patient because it's about a shock. And then you continue with compressions.
0: Exactly right. And uh, we've made this a part of every emergency action plan, something that should be practiced. So what are you going to do in the case of a, of a cardiac emergency? Who's going to go get the AED? Who's going to call for help? And who's going to perform CPR? But it's something, again, that can't just be talked through. It has to be actually practiced or simulated in some way so that it's done on an annual basis, a preseason basis, and uh, throughout the year. So thank you very much, John. This has been very helpful information, and we thank you today for joining us on the Youth Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, or JSTP. We're dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at JAXSMP.com for more information. So thank you and please stay safe.